Welcome to Sports Bites. Welcome to Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph. Are you a sports fanatic who loves the thrill of the game and the delicious food that accompanies it? And then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers. Join us as we dive into the world of sports and the delectable bites that make the experience even better. Whether you're in the stadium, tailgating, or watching from the comfort of your home. Get ready to satisfy your sports cravings with Chris Joseph on Sports Bites. Bites. Let's dig in. That's right, everybody. Let's dig in. I hope you're having a great day out there. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Bites podcast. No matter how you're doing it, if you're listening to it on a mobile device, on any podcast platform, you're on a run, you're on a walk, you're in your car, whatever. I appreciate you listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like, rate, review. Uh, we're trying to grow this thing here, continue to move forward, positively moving forward. If you're on YouTube, you're watching the video, I say thank you. Subscribe, like, leave comments, interact with the show. If you see on the bottom of the screen here, there's my socials on Twitter, X, whatever, at SportsBitesPod1. On TikTok, at SportsBitesPod. YouTube. Subscribe at Sports Bites Podcast. And on Instagram, you can follow at Sports uh, uh, Sports Bites Podcast as well. So again, for those who have been along to the journey, thank you. For those of you new, welcome in. My name's Chris Joseph. I used to do radio out in Oklahoma for almost 10 years and, you know, have had the privilege of covering Oklahoma City Thunder, the OU uh, University of Oklahoma Athletics, high school athletics all across the state of Oklahoma, and really trying to expand this now. And, you know, again, positively move forward. I love food. That's what really this whole thing is about. Sports bites, sports and food. I'm going to talk a lot about food throughout the broadcasts. Uh, I have some guests coming up. Chris Plank, I got uh, trying to lock down a date for him. I'm going to try to get Damian Mitchell from Jocks. I'm here in Birmingham. And Damian Mitchell, one of the new up-and-comers, get him to come on talk about what's been going on. He's a Tennessee Titans fan, new coaching, everything like that. But we're going to go over what happened last weekend in the divisional round in the NFL. Now, in my give him a six or six picks, I didn't do as well as I thought. Now, I took the over of 43 and a half in the Texans-Ravens game. Whew, got lucky. 34-10 was the final, so I won that game. Won that game. Then I took San Francisco plus the points, and I lost. Green Bay kept it close. We'll talk about that. Uh, I took the Lions- Lions won, and I took the Chiefs. The Chiefs won. You know, so I also picked a couple basketball games. I picked um, the University of Oklahoma to beat Cincinnati. They did. And Creighton to win. They did. So I was 5-1. and one. It, You know, it was a good weekend. We're really going to get to, now that football season's winding down, we've got the uh, conference championship games coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that. And... I'm really going to start to dig into college basketball. College softball is right around the corner. For those that know, I used to do play-by-play for a little bit for the University of Oklahoma softball team and just really enjoy that sport. College baseball is right around the corner. Major League Baseball Hall of Fame announced its new class. And, and talk about a great class or a great room. The Tennessee quarterback room at one time had Peyton Manning. Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame. They also had Todd Helton. He just got elected to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. That's crazy. That's kind of like Matt Stafford and uh, Clayton Kershaw knowing each other. Those two are going to be Hall of Fame people. But uh, kudos to Joe Maurer, 
Adrian Beltre and um, Todd Helton for making it. And, and Beltre, one of the greatest characters in all of Major League Baseball. So Ranger fans are on a high right now. You win the World Series. You get Beltre into the Hall of Fame. It's, uh, it's a good day for Ranger fans. Let's dive into and take a bite out of these divisional playoff games. And I was really excited heading into the weekend because there were some young teams. There were some old teams. And I wanted to see how they kind of stood, right? And the first game was the Texans and the Ravens. Now, the Texans are an incredible story for what they've done this year. D'Amico Ryan, first-year head coach. You win 10 games. You win your division, you make it to the play. You win a playoff game with a rookie quarterback. Now, I just heard uh, yesterday. I think Will Anderson was named Defensive Rookie of the Year. I don't have a problem with that. But this is a young team. Nico Collins, the wide receiver for Michigan, really stepped up and been a go-to target for C.J. Stroud. Which, again, I've said before the last couple of weeks, I was extremely wrong about C.J. Stroud. I did not put enough stock into him. I did not think he was going to be. I thought he was going to be kind of like a Justin Fields. If you want to know the truth. Uh, that, that's kind of what I thought. But he turns out has a great year. For me, I think he should be in the MVP race. I know a lot of people are probably going to give it to Lamar Jackson. I've said this before. But what he's done is great. They are playing Lamar Jackson. And so now you get a chance to see them head-to-head in Baltimore. Now, it's it's a really entertaining game. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited about watching it because, again, it's the playoffs. Playoff football is amazing, right? And it started, you know, a couple field goals, three to three in the first quarter, right? Three to three. Like, okay, not bad. Then Baltimore starts the real scoring off. They fake it to Edwards and now complete it to Aguilar for the touchdown. There's a nice touchdown to Aguilar. The Ravens go up. 10 to 3. Houston gets the ball, has to punt. Gives the ball back to the Ravens. Then the Ravens have to punt it away. And the Texans respond. There was a lot of plays that were close to being something big, but they forced the punt. Here's Sims. Right up the middle. Still going. Steven Sims. Good night. He is gone. No flags. Touchdown, Texans. Steven Sims, a 67-yard punt return. And we're at 10 to 10 and a half. And I'm like, okay, guys, we got a ball game. Now, the Baltimore defense did a really good job confusing C.J. Stroud, putting pressure on him. And, and without a lot of ground support, you know, not a really good running game. I mean, Singletary had two uh, nine carries for 22 yards. You see that right there? Just not, not... Not real good, all right? You know, you think you got to have a little bit more. If people know what you're going to do, they can tee off on you. Second half starts, you know, third quarter, more of Lamar Jackson. Ryan's has been as a defensive play caller in the NFL. Two years in San Francisco, his first in Houston. He's watching Lamar Jackson take it in. Touchdown, Ravens. Here's what I don't understand. D'Amico Ryan's extremely smart when it comes to defensive football. Running two safeties. So you're basically taking a guy out of that box area to possibly spot. And Lamar Jackson just ate him up. Lamar Jackson had 11 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Well done. Mark Andrews did not play 
But then again, a guy that they found that did a really good job, Isaiah Likely. And there was an earlier play where Lamar threw it kind of low, and you could see Likely tell him, hey, throw it up higher. I'm a big boy. I could go get it. Defense now second and one. Jackson, end zone, Likely for the touchdown. Likely. And he, he mossed the secondary for the Houston Texans. So after the first half, it was really all Baltimore down the stretch. And they, they did a really good job kind of bottling up C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins. If you look at some of the stats right there, uh, C.J. Stroud was 19 of 33, 175 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. They only gained tw- 38 yards rushing. Ooh, not good to where the Baltimore Ravens rushed for 229 yards. Justice Hill, 66 yards. Lamar Jackson was 16 of 22, 152 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Zay Flowers, a fantastic rookie, a lot that they could build on. Really did a good job. But Baltimore wins 34 to 10. They await the winner of the Kansas City Buffalo game, right? Now they're going to host in Baltimore. So, again, another playoff game in Baltimore. So, the next game up was San Francisco and Green Bay. So, the number ones all played on Saturday. And this was intriguing to me because I was really interested in could Jordan Love and the Packers bring forth the same thing that they did in the first playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, again, a little bit different beast. Offensively, Purdy was playing really well. Dallas had Dak and CD. But with the 49ers, Purdy playing well, McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, and Debo got hurt and missed most of the game after a couple catches in the first half. But... This turned out to be a really, really good game. A really good game. I was intrigued by it. I mean, Green Bay goes up, scores first. It's raining all day. It kind of reminds you of all those playoff games at Old Candlestick. It's rainy. It's muddy. You see Steve Young with mud all over him or Joe uh, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, you know, all that stuff. But it's there. Green Bay goes out, kicks a field goal for, first. But they start to click on offense, and next thing you know, they find my buddy, George Kittle. Time. I'm not letting defenses dictate my play call from their coverage look. Third down. Blitz is coming. Purdy has it blocked. Floating one downfield for Kittle. He's got it. Touchdown, San Francisco. boy, Georgie. Uh, again, you know, I've told the story numerous times. To watch him grow and mature from what he was, when I used to do play-by-play for when he played at high school, you know, seeing him at Norman High, and then going to Iowa, turning into what he has become, and the success he's had. It's one of those, you're happy for it. You're happy for his success because it hasn't changed him. He's still the same guy. But a great, uh, a great route. He's got speed. He's got strength. They make the catch. So, boom. It's 7-3. to three. Packers add another field goal. Then they start rolling. You know, so we go, we end the half at seven to six. Not a lot of scoring, seven to six. Then Jordan Love found Bo Melton. It's Love. Couple fakes going wide open in the end zone. It is Melton. Does he get the feet down? He is. Touchdown. 
It's a great throw. I thought he overthrew it. Bo Melton did a really good job at the back of the end zone, securing the ball, getting that foot down. Did a great job. Love it. So I'm like, okay, Green Bay's here to play. Green Bay's here to play. Then they just kept feeding Christian McCaffrey. That guy, unbelievable. McCaffrey. McCaffrey scores. 49ers in front. That's, I mean, I, I love what I've seen there. And they're moving forward. That that one made it actually um, 24-21 for the 49ers. And then late in the game, Jordan Love did the one thing. You know, he played so well. But Jordan Love did the one thing you're not supposed to do at any time, much less as a young quarterback in a playoff game on the road. We need at least 25 yards. Love. Pressure up the middle, runs away, throws across his body, and that is picked. 49ers have it. Greenlaw still up. He needs to get down. Greenlaw still on his feet. He's got to go down. Just go down, and the go game's down. over. San Francisco. And that was funny with Greenlaw still on the field. Just it reminded me of the movie The Replacements. When the guy gets the interception, he's running back and forth, and we're like, go down. And Shane Falco uh, had to uh, you know, tackle it. His whole teammates like yelling, go down, because it would have been just the kind of playoff craziness if Greenlaw would have fumbled and it led to the Packers getting the ball back and tying it, winning it, whatever. But they secure it. Again, Green Bay, the youngest team in the NFL, goes out there and pushes what a lot of people think is going to be the NFC champion to the brink on the road. I mean, they went on the road in two games at Dallas who hadn't lost the game in Dallas all year. They knock off Dallas and they played extremely well against the 49ers, except that last throw. Now, if you look at stats, Jordan love 21 of 34, 194 yards. He had two, two interceptions. That's, that's a big key there. Brock Purdy, 23 of 39, 252, one touchdown McCaffrey, 17 carries, 98 yards. Aaron Jones had a great game running the football for the Packers, and I think he's going to be, they're going to be a force for a little bit. 18 carries, 108 yards. Looked really good. Romeo Dobbs played well. Bo Melton has a touchdown. So did Tucker Craft. Really like what I saw from the Green Bay Packers. Now they come up short, but San Francisco now, just like the Ravens, they were a one seed, now they're going to host, okay? They're hosting the NFC Championship game. And who's going to be their opponent? Because they're either going to play the Detroit Lions, who are playing at home against Tampa, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that was the first game on, on Sunday, right? Really enjoyed the first game. You know, I was excited to see because, again, yes, you've heard me talk about it. I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. I'm a, ba I'm a Baker fan. Got to interview him, got to be around him. I think he's... You know, a great. I think he's earned his way to having a contract through the Detroit Lions. See Amon Ross St. Brown right there. I, I love, he's my favorite player on the Lions. Him and Aiden Hutchinson are great. But great game, uh, very entertaining game. The score, you know, the Lions pulled away late in this game. But early on, it was, it was a defensive battle. Detroit did a really good job putting pressure on Baker Mayfield. There was a lot of unpicked up blitz. Aiden Hutchinson, there was a couple free runners hitting Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mike Evans dropped another pass, led to an interception. He, you know, 
a fantastic 10 years, 1,000 yards, 10 years in a row. Everybody knows what Mike Evans is, okay? He's, he's fantastic. He's a threat, size, speed, everything. He's had some drops lately. But, of course, Baker's thrown some interceptions lately. That one wasn't on him. The first interception was not on Baker. It hit Mike Evans in the hands. Goes through. And it was 3-3, three to three, second quarter. That's when it led to Detroit's first touchdown as Josh Reynolds caught a nine-yard pass from Jared Goff. Ford Field was rocking, rocking, a great environment. The fans of Detroit, you saw people crying in the stands last week. Ford Field was rocking. Campbell, the coach, I mean, again, who's not rooting for the Lions, except maybe 49er fans, Chiefs fans, Ravens fans, just everything that happens, you know, when you're playing, I, I get it. But the Lions are such a good story. They've been so bad for so long, right? But Jared Goff scores that touchdown. But then Baker Mayfield. He responds. Third and ten, blitz coming. White tries to beat the blitz. And Rashad White scores a touchdown. That was a great play and run. That made it 17-17. Rashad White caught the little stream play, and you saw the blocking downfield open up 17-17. So you're like, okay, it goes at the end of the third quarter. We go to the fourth quarter, it scored 17-17. And then one of the best runs I've seen in a long time, Jameer Gibbs from the Lions. Watch on defense. Second and two. Gibbs, good move to the open field. Gibbs accelerates. Gibbs to the end zone. He's in for the touchdown. It was a great run. He put a move on Winfield, kind of gave him that one-leg plant, goes to the left, then shows the speed, then mushes Winfield out of bounds. Great run by Gibbs. Great run by Gibbs. People were curious about that pick for the Lions. It, it's showing why it's paying off. Jameer Gibbs looked great. Then, uh, then they found, they pulled away and make it 31-17 when they found Amon Ross St. Brown. The backup tight end, Brock Wright, is being checked on. Anthony Ferkser out of Harvard. Sixth year man is the second tight end. Goff looking. St. Brown. I love watching that guy play. To me, he's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. Him and Terry McLaurin from Washington. I, I like what they both do. Um, people know they're going to get the football. Laporta played for the Lions. We didn't know if he was going to play because of his knee injury, but he did. So it was good to see him back out there and competing for the Detroit Lions. Now, it wasn't over. Baker, Baker's going to fight. Baker's going to fight. Drove down the field late and found Mike Evans. Second down. Mayfield in zone. Evans on it. Touchdown, Mike Evans. I made it 31-23. They decided to go for two because they, they know they're going to have, if they miss it, they're going to have to go for two anyway. I don't like it. I still would have went for the extra point, but that's me. That's why I'm not a coach. That's why I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to coach football. But they get the ball back. They hold the Lions. And then Baker Mayfield throws a, a a bad interception. I mean, let's call it what it is. It was a bad interception. And the sad thing for Baker, what a lot of people try to find is, um, you know, the cancer culture people of like, oh, Baker's terrible. And five of his six seasons have ended in an interception. Now, not many people can end their year 
hoisting up a trophy, whatever. But again, I think Baker's done enough to earn a contract at Tampa. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I know Winfield's a big re-sign for them. I, I don't know where else they're going to go, but Baker is going to be a free agent. We'll see. I think he's become comfortable at Tampa. I think he likes the offense at Tampa, and I think we'll see Baker signing a deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be their quarterback. So I, I'm excited about that. I think he's earned it, and, you know, good for him. Now came the finale, and this one was built up a lot. You know, and I had a lot of conversation with people about this game because it's in Buffalo. You know, you had the snow, everything involved with Buffalo, the people coming in wanting to, you know, shovel out the, the stadium. Good. Everything's great. Um, but the matchup. And Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I told somebody, it's like, I can't go against the Chiefs until somebody knocks them off. I, I can't do it. They just, they've proven it. They know how to play January football. They know when to turn it on. Was their offense as, as dynamic as it has been in the last couple of years? No. Did Travis Kelsey have the year that everyone, you know, no. Showed out in this game. But you got guys like Pacheco that step up. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's not been a great support for Pacheco, had a good game. Reed, the new quarterback, uh, the new wide receiver, the uh, rookie from SMU, fantastic. The line picked up, the defense. Is, and I was I was so intrigued because of what Josh Allen can do running the football. Again, this is a guy that was a zero-star athlete. A couple of field goals in the first quarter before Josh Allen found the end zone. He's going to run it. Josh Allen, touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen with a five-yard run on an 11-play drive. Next, Butker for the Chiefs scores a field goal. Makes it 10 to 6. Then Mahomes found Kelsey. Too much recently. Gonna go to Kelsey. Got blockers out there. Trying to find an opening and a pylon. And they say touchdown. Wow, touchdown. What an incredible individual effort by Kelsey. I skipped a little forward. That was his second touchdown. Um, that was the one. I'm gonna talk about this at the end. But that right there made it. 20 to 17 because Allen had another rushing touchdown. Get rid of Kansas City's timeout, use the quarterback's legs. Who else to run it? But Josh Allen, who's in for the touchdown. Back and forth, back and forth. So after that second Kelsey touchdown, Casey gets the ball back with a chance to go up by double digits. And then a play that a lot of people are going to be talking about, they're talking about the rule. But KC looking to go in to make it a two-score game. Get rid of Kansas City's timeout. Use the quarterback's legs. Huge if you're Buffalo right button. now to hold him to three. And Kansas City wants to go up two scores. Here's the toss. It's Hardman. And Hardman is stopped just short. Hey, the ball went through the end zone. Oh, my gosh. And it did. The ball goes through the end zone. It was so close. You're watching the replay. And he, he, he rolls on a Buffalo player. So he's not down. It's one of those to where if he crosses the goal line, it's a great play because he stayed on top of a Buffalo player. Now he wasn't down, but a great job from the defense coming to punch the ball out. It goes to the end zone, makes it a touchback. So now there's a lot of conversation. Does that rule need to change? I don't know if it's ever going to change or not. It is what it is. Buffalo gets the ball back, and they go and score. 
Sliding left. On the go. Throws. End zone. Touchdown! The Bills score from 13 yards out. Shakir holds it in. Clearly and that's had Sneed, his first touchdown yeah. given up this year by the great... Yeah, how about that? Sneed, the cornerback for Kansas City, that's the first touchdown he'd given up all year. And that play was such a great throw. Allen goes flushed out of the pocket left. And Shakir comes back to the pylon. Like he's coming angled to the pylon near side. And Allen throws it. It's the only place that anybody could have caught the football. It was a great throw. It was an absolute laser beam. Now the Buffalo Bills have the lead. But KC responds. Pacheco. Pacheco is across from the Kansas City touchdown. Wow, what a run. Pacheco, strong run. He runs angry. And I'm trying to think of somebody I could compare him to. Um, just the way he runs. like He runs like he's pissed off at the ground. And he's just, he's a phenomenal. I've enjoyed watching. And he seems to thrive in the cold weather, you know, playing at Rutgers, what have you. Fantastic athlete. But Buffalo has a chance. Now, there's a lot of heartache in Buffalo. Four lost Super Bowls we know about. Scott Norwood. And the ghost of Scott Norwood raised his head once again in Orchard Park. Dermott, after his one-for-three performance last week, he has tremendous support in the building. If he has to make one for us, the game on the line, he will. 44 yards, Bass. No, he doesn't make it. Wide right. Wide right again. The ghost of Scott Norwood. Let me tell you this. That looked like one of my golf shots. Like it was a snap slice to the right. Out of, I mean, it went up and then went straight. Like, no. And what's so bad is they're talking about it on TV, the broadcast, the announcer, Curse, saying, we talked to the coach and he's confident that he can make a game-winning kick. Buffalo loses once again. They lost to Kansas City once again. How about Buffalo gave up a draft pick so that Kansas City could take Mahomes so that you lost to him again? Kansas City now punches its ticket to the AFC Championship. Six conference championship games in a row. Andy Reid, you know, a lot of people talk about Belichick and him being the, the GOAT of NFL. People got to start thinking about Andy Reid because he, he's had a lot of success in NFC, you know, making it to NFC Championship games with the Eagles. I mean, it's pretty good. Now, I still think Belichick for the number of Super Bowls, you're up there. But, man, but the story of this game, and let's just talk about it. As a father, as a bigger guy, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are upset about the attention that Taylor Swift gets for being at these games. I don't understand it. Does nothing to me. I enjoy, she's like a normal person, you know, she's not asking for people to put the cameras on her. She's a girlfriend supporting her boyfriend. She's got new friends now and Brittany Mahomes and, you know, she's been, you know, accepted and she's welcoming and she, she wants to be a part of it. She's not sitting in a booth by herself. She's in there with players, wives, families, all that. Well, if there starts coming out pictures and rumors of Jason Kelsey Travis's brother, who plays for the Eagles, at the game, tailgating with the Bills Mafia, slamming beers, everything. And my wife and I are watching the game because, you know, it's always she, she wants to see when they show Taylor and everything. And, and it, it's fine. 
She's there enjoying herself. And it cuts to a scene, you know, Travis does a little heart for, for her. It's great, but they cut, and you see Jason Kelsey with his shirt off. And my wife looks, she goes, that's you. That's you. And it would be. If I was, I'd probably do the same thing. And he told his wife, Kylie, he said, look, I'm, I'm going to jump out of the booth. And had he was, he's now become, not only was he voted as one of the sexiest men in the world, so like his momentum and what he's doing, like, there's nobody p- more popular right now, probably than Jason Kelsey. Now, his brother on their podcast, New Heights, which is a great podcast, and it's right, said, you need to run for president. You need to capitalize now. And I think he's absolutely right because he, you know, he's out there, big Yeti yell. And let's talk about the athleticism of that man jumping out of the booth, almost slipping in some sweatpants and Timberlands, has the chief beanie on, Slams a Labatt Blue so he knows what kind of local beer to drink. Good for him. He's drinking a little Labatt Blue and some Bud Light. I saw Bud Light. But when he jumps back into the booth, explosive, powerful, great move. But then, of course, he's a girl dad. He gets back out there, and we've seen the story of the little girl who had to sign. And she tells the story as Jason came down, drank his beer, took a picture with some other fans, and then grab, you know, grabbed her and said, hey, let's go show this sign to Taylor. Because the little girl made a, a sign for Taylor Swift. And you could see the, the pleasure in Kylie Kelsey's face of, you know, that, that's, that's my man. And that girl, her life is made. Her life is made. Taylor Swift waved at her. And someone made the comment, I think it's true. And as a parent, I, I agree. Jason Kelsey is probably the only man that could be 10 beers deep and you're okay with him picking up your kid. Just very jovial, gregarious, great, great guy. And he's living his best life. It's great family. I mean, he's supporting his brother. Like his brother scores a touchdown. He's yelling like a Yeti hanging out of the press box when it's cold. And I mean, just he's there for his brother supporting his brother. And that was great. Just like Taylor supporting her boyfriend. It's great. It's all part of it. I don't understand why people get so upset. Are you upset when they show all the famous people on the sidelines? When you see Michael Jordan on the sidelines at a game? When you see Jerry Rice wearing his big old medallions? Yes, they played the game. But if you say, well, let's focus on football. Why do you ever show celebrities at the games anyway? Because people want to know about it. And it's helped kind of bridge the gap for people. You know how many people have started watching football now this year because of Taylor Swift? How many women have now wanted to join their their husbands, boyfriends, whatever, that are now watching games? Now, granted, is Taylor Swift the reason why they're watching it? Probably. But the fact that they're bringing more people to the product, they're bringing more people together. It's great. Like this weekend, this weekend's my wife's birthday. So I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 23rd. Tomorrow on Thursday, I'm taking my wife down to Panama City for her birthday. It's one of our favorite places, some great restaurants. I get to see my mom and, you know, my stepdad hang out. We're going to do, uh, you know, dinner. I got dinner planned at some nice restaurants for her birthday. We're going to do some food reviews there. So stay uh, stay tuned in for that. But it, it's just, it, we know. She's like, well, what time are the games Sunday? 
So Sunday we got it. We could check out at ten o'clock, and we're gonna hit the road at ten o'clock. It's about a four and a half five hour drive from Birmingham to Panama City. We got to be back for the Ravens, Kansas City game. Got to be back in time. Now, good thing is I've got like my my YouTube app and stuff on my phone. I can put it through the you know the Apple Play. We can have the uh, the initial game on the Green Bay. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the the Detroit San Francisco game on, and we'll we'll have a good time with that. But that's going to be your NFL championship weekend. So the Chiefs-Ravens are first, excuse me. The Lions-49ers are next. Now, of course, my wife at one time lived in Michigan. You know, My, my stepdaddy's a big Michigan fan, uh, Detroit fan. And Detroit, kudos to them. This is their first time since 1991 when they lost to my Redskins, 41-10, before Washington went on to beat Buffalo in one of the four straight losses for their Man, you know, I just, I have a bad feeling that Brock Purdy, and someone was laughing at me yesterday when I was like, man, you know, Brock Purdy has a propensity for throwing picks at the most inopportune time. He's like, when? I was like, his whole college career, you saw it. And then like, look, this year when they played the Ravens, you get one and it snowballed, right? I think the Lions are a team of destiny right now. As good as the 49ers are, San Francisco by seven. I'm taking the Lions straight up. I think defensively, they can pose a problem to McCaffrey. I think offensively, with Amon Ross St. Brown, Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, the momentum they have going. And now, is it for the heart? Am I pulling for emotion? Yes. Do I think San Francisco is the better team? Probably. But, you know... Both Chase Young being a, a, a situational player, Chase Young, the freak, the predator. But I just I I don't have the confidence in Brock Purdy. I don't. And he may go out there and prove me wrong. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. Jared Goff, first pick in the draft overall when he was selected. So I like the Lions to win this game. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be a nice day. Gonna be about 70 degrees out there, so it's not raining. I think it's gonna be a fantastic environment, but I like the Lions to win this game. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I like the Lions to win the game. And I'm calling for a rematch because, again, in the Kansas City-Baltimore game, I can't go against Kansas City. I can't. I can't go against Kansas City until somebody beats them. Hands down, they just they know how to play in January. They know how to get it done. Patrick Mahomes knows how to get it done. Now, Lamar Jackson promised, hey, you're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. Here's your chance. Chance to get your Super Bowl. But I like the Chiefs. Again, the ground game. Now, the defense, that's what's going to be entertaining, to see what the defense can do. Can the Kansas City Chiefs, because they got pushed around a little bit by Buffalo, can the Kansas City Chiefs bottle up the Baltimore ground game? Keep Justice Hill in check, Lamar Jackson. What are they going to do? Are they going to spy on them? It's going to be, but I still, I like Kansas City to win the game. So I'm calling for a Kansas City-Detroit Super Bowl, which is a rematch from, what was it, the first game of the year when they played and Detroit ended up winning? If that's the case, I'll break down that game. But that's my call. Kansas City-Detroit in Vegas for the Super Bowl. There you have it, guys. Kansas City and Detroit. That's my pick. I hope I'm right. I may be wrong. But if I'm wrong, it's happened before. It's going to happen again, right? A little bit to talk about. 
That's right. Sports bites. I always talk about food. Like I said, so this weekend we're going to Panama City. We're going to meet my, you know, my mom and dad at um, Authentica Cafe. Mexican food. My wife and I found this place. It's a little in the corner, hole in the wall. Fantastic margaritas. Great tamales, hand-rolled tamales, okay? Fantastic. Really good Mexican food. So that's kind of... We're going to go there. So stay stay tuned to the channel for a review from there. Then Thursday, or Friday night for her birthday, there's a place called Firefly. Again, very unassuming from the outside. You know, it's next to an axe-throwing place, right? But this is a place where I've had fantastic food like she crab soup oh, with the sherry poured on it. Fantastic. I've had charbroiled octopus. Fantastic. The shrimp and grits. Um, center cut fillets. I'll tell you what, the desserts, top shelf bourbon, it's great. I had a Pappy Van Winkle old-fashioned while I was there. Oh, so good. So good. And then Saturday, we're going to go to a place called Hunt and Gather. It's tapas. I love tapas. I can't wait to go and have tapas. Now, again, we're going to walk around. It's supposed to be nice. It's supposed to be like in the 70s down there. So we might get to sit at the beach for a little bit. You know, I'm going to polar plunge. It's going to be cold. We're going to jump in. We got to do it. I didn't do it the last time. Two years ago, we were down in Panama City for her birthday. I didn't do it. But I'm going to do it this time. But stay tuned. I'm going to keep you up to date with all the food that we're doing. And then I'm going to start getting into, like, next week, your your, your top choices for Super Bowl food. What, are you gonna, what uh, you know, we all know wings. Everybody has wings. For the, I'm going to talk about my top six. Because I think I might move with the games, you know, with the majority of football being gone. Um, I might move my pick six into kind of my, you know, everyone has a top five. I might do my my six picks as far as food items, movies, shows. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen the show American Nightmare, I made a post on social media about it. Oh, my God. You need to watch American Nightmare. It is unreal. All right. It's a story about a couple in Vallejo, California back in 2015. And I'm not going to spoil it and really get into it. But if you've seen the movie Gone Girl, kind of same premise. There's a, an abduction. The, the boyfriend at the time, he goes in and answer questions. Next thing you know, the cops are kind of making it seem like he did it. Then they interview the woman. And her, these stories are so far-fetched. And, you know, I always heard the, the 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 adage that the devil's in the details. There's so many details that this couple is coming up with. There's no way that this could be true. No way. I mean, mind-blown all the time. Boom, boom, boom. Crazy. The twist turns. Fantastic documentary. 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 Fantastic documentary. But, again, it makes you a little upset. There's still some unanswered questions. If you haven't seen it, I, I love true crime stuff. I love it. My wife kind of laughs at me, you know, because I like true crime movies, shows. I like forensic files, stuff like that. Watch American Nightmare. My dad and stepmom watched it. They loved it. They kind of felt the same way. I started watching the episodes first, and then my wife was saying people at work were talking about it. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We, we got to watch it. So we watched it again, and the whole time, and we binged all three episodes. Boom, right there. 
crazy show. It makes you wonder. And it's that whole, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. But it's a great show. The ending made me sad and happy because the ending, again, I'm not going to spoil it, so you need to go out and watch it. But check it out. Go check out American Nightmare on Netflix if you like true crime. Even if you don't, the story is so crazy. You have to listen to it. You have to enjoy it. But guys, that's going to wrap it up for me today. I hope you enjoyed this broadcast. I hope you enjoy what I'm producing, all the content. If you have any suggestions, interact on the social medias. They're all right there, right? All right there. Interact on social media. Comment on this video on YouTube. Subscribe, like, follow, rate, review on any of the podcast platforms. Interact with me on social media. If there's somebody you want me to try to get, let me know. So you can come on and we'll talk about a lot of stuff. But there's still a lot more planned for this broadcast, for this show, for this podcast. So I hope you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay warm for those of you who are in cold areas. Enjoy the college basketball, the NBA. I'm going to start diving into the NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder in first place. Thunder up. But most of all, remember to positively move forward, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for joining us on this delicious journey through the world of sports and food on Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. We hope you've enjoyed the game day stories and culinary adventures. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you've got any mouth-watering sports-related tales or favorite game day recipes, share them with us on social media. Until next time, remember, it's not just about the game. It's about the bites that make it unforgettable. Stay hungry for more Sports Bites.